peace of God. Oh my gosh, I'm, I don't need help getting through this. Um, um, words, English words. I'm trying so hard not to even sing right now. I just feel the love of God so strong. Yeah, I can, you're right. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit too. Um, so, <laughs> so um, we're going to be looking at how uh, the covenant that we've been brought into in God is more superior than any previous covenant. Um, oh, it's so good. It's, it's the best news. I'm going to call this, the, the, t- the title of this whole thing, the best news I've ever heard, because it truly is. Um, sweet. All right, let's just do this. Now, of the things we are saying, this is the chief point. We have such a high priest who has taken his place at the right hand of God's high seat of glory in heaven. As a servant of the holy things and of the true tent, which was put up by God, not by man. Now, every high priest is given authority to take to God the things which are given and to make offerings. So that it is necessary for this man, Jesus, like them, to have something for an offering. Wow. If he had been on earth, he would not have been a priest at all. Because there are other priests who make the offerings ordered by the law. Being servants of that which is a copy and an image of the things in heaven, as Moses, when he was about to make the tent, the tabernacle, had special orders from God For see, he said that you make everything like the design which you saw in the mountain. We'll go over all this. But now his position as priest is higher because through him, God has made a better agreement, a better covenant with man based on the giving of better things. For if that first agreement, the first covenant had been as good as possible. I love this translation. This is so fun. Um, there would have been no place for a second or a new covenant. For protesting against them, he says, see, days are coming when I will make a new agreement, a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the agreement which I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to be their guide out of the land of Egypt, for they did not keep the agreement, the covenant with me, and I gave them up, says the Lord. For this is the covenant, this is the agreement which I will make with the people of Israel after those days. I I will put my laws into their minds, writing them in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And there will be no need for every man to be teaching his brother or his neighbor, saying, this is the knowledge of the Lord. They will all have knowledge of me, great and small. Some translations say, no one will say, know the Lord, for they will know me. Um... Next verse right here, and I will have mercy on their evil doing, and I will not keep their sins in mind, or I will no longer keep a record of their sins. I will remember their sins no more. When he says a new covenant, a new agreement, he has made the first covenant or agreement old. But anything which is getting old and past, use will not be seen much longer. Wow. Now the first agreement or covenant had its rules of worship and a holy order. For the first tent was made ready, having in it the vessels for the lights. This is amazing. So right now he's going to go into the description of the tabernacle, the temple, that they were ordered on the mountaintop to make. A, they were ordered to make this with instructions from divine revelation here. For the, for the first tent, the tabernacle, was made ready, having in it 
the vessels for the lights and the table and the ordering of the bread. And this is named the holy place. So this is like the first room. And inside the second veil was the place which is named the holy of holies. Having a vessel of gold in it for burning perfumes and the ark of the covenant or agreement which was covered with gold and which had in it a pot made of gold for the manna. Um, and Aaron's rod which put out buds and the stones with the writing of the agreement of, of the covenant. And over it were the winged ones of glory. Is everyone following with this? Is this good? We're just reading it. And over it were the winged ones of glory with their wings covering the mercy seat about which it, uh, it is not possible now to say anything in detail. Now, while these things were in existence, the priests went into the first tent at all times for prayer and the making of offerings. But only the high priest went into the second room once a year, not without making an offering of blood for himself and for the errors of the sins of the people. The Holy Spirit witnessing by this that the way into the holy place had not at that time been made open while the first tent was still in being, the first room. And this is an image of the, pre the present time when the offerings which are given are not able to make the heart of the worshiper completely clean. Hold on, let's just stop for a second. Holy God. <laughs> You're going to notice as we read this, everything the old agreement or old covenant couldn't do is what the new covenant has done. Isn't that amazing? We can read this and go, oh, this has been done. What it was, like God found fault in the first covenant and he's saying we need a new one and he makes a new one and everything the old one couldn't accomplish, the new one does. So what is he able to do? He's able to now make the heart of the worshiper completely clean. Wow, keep going. Because they are only rules of the flesh of meats and drinks and washings which have their place till the time uh, comes when things will be put right. But now, haha, oh, Jesus, this is real life. This isn't just church, guys. We got to get this. Oh, but now Christ, oh, this changes everything. You didn't just come into a service. You came to meet the living God. He's here in the room. He's alive. He's, he's walking around the room right now. We're reading his words. This thing's a lot older than all of us. This is amazing. But now Christ has come as the high priest of the good things of the future. Through this greater and better tent, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this world. And Jesus has gone once and forever into the holy place, having got eternal salvation, not through the blood of goats and young oxen, but through his blood. For if the blood of goats and oxen and the dust from the burning of a young cow being put on the unclean make the flesh clean, how much more? How much more? Say that. How much more? Wow. Will the blood of Christ, who being without sin, <laughs> I don't even need to preach. Look at this. How much more will the blood of Christ, who being without sin, made an offering of himself to God through the Holy Spirit. Make your hearts clean from dead works to be servants of the living God. 
And for this cause, it is through him that a new covenant, a new agreement has come into being. So that after the errors or the sins under the first covenant had been taken away by his death, the word of God might have effect for those who were marked out for an eternal heritage. Wow. Because where there is a covenant, a testament, an agreement, there has to be the death of the man who made it. For a testament has effect after death, like a will, okay? Like a will, covenant, agreement, all these words are, are, are in the same thing right here. For a testament has effect after death. For what power has it while the man who made it is living? So that even the first agreement was not without blood. For when Moses had given all the rules of the law to the people, he took the blood of goats and young oxen with water and red wool and hyssop and put it on the book itself and on all the people, saying, this blood is the sign of the covenant, the sign of the, the agreement which God has made with you. And the blood was put on the tent and all the holy vessels in the same way. So he's explaining how they did things in the Old Testament, Old Covenant. Um, and by the law, almost all things are made clean with blood. And without blood, there is no forgiveness. Wow. For this cause, it was necessary to make the copies of the things in heaven. I'm sorry if I'm a guinea piggy in this mic right here. I hear my S's coming through here. For this cause, it was necessary to make the copies of the things in heaven clean with these offerings, but the things themselves are made clean with better offerings than these. For Christ did not go into a holy place which had been made by men's hands as the copy of the true one, but he went into heaven itself and now takes his place before the face of God for us. And he did not have to make an offering of himself again and again, or repeatedly, some of your translations say, as the high priest goes into the holy place every year with blood, which is not his. For then he would have undergone a number of deaths from the time of the making of the world. But now he has come to us at the end of the old order, or other translations say at the end of the ages, to put away sin by the offering of himself. And because by God's law, death comes to men once, and after that they are judged, so Christ, having at his first coming taken on himself the sins of men, will be seen a second time without sin by those who are waiting for him for their salvation. The translations say he's coming again not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. For the law, being only a poor copy of the future good things and not the true image of those things, is never able to make the people who come to the altar every year with the same offerings completely clean. Wow. For if this had been possible, would there not have been an end of those offerings? Because the worshipers would have been made completely clean and would have been no longer conscious of sins. Like I said, what, it, what the old could not accomplish, the new has accomplished. So every time you're reading stuff like that, the old couldn't do this, you're now reading, oh my gosh, this is what the new has done. This is what Jesus has done. He has made you completely clean. And he has removed the consciousness of sins. 
Oh, but year by year, there's a memory of sins in those offerings. The old covenant offerings, there's a remembrance of sin. Oh, because it is not possible for the blood of oxen and goats to take away sins. So that when he comes into the world, he says, you had no desire for offerings, but you made a body ready for me. You had no joy in burned offerings or in offerings for sin. <laughs> then I said, see, I have come to do your pleasure, to do your will, O God, as it is said of me in the roll of the book. After saving, you had no desire for offerings. After saying, you had no desire for offerings, for burned offerings or offerings for sin, which are made by the law, and you had no pleasure in them. Then he said, see, I have come to do your will, your pleasure. He took away the old covenant, the old agreement, so that he might put the new covenant in its place. By that pleasure, we have been made holy. Say holy. holy. By the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and forever. Once. Say forever. forever. Oh, wow. And every priest takes his place at the altar Day by day, this is the old covenant, this is how they used to do things, doing what is necessary and making again and again the same offerings which are never able to take away sins. Sorry, <laughs> just realized that. But when Jesus had made one offering for sins forever, one offering for sins forever, there's so, like, this thing is so meaty, there was a million places I already could have stopped, but... There's not a lot of time tonight, so we're just, just going to eat the whole burger. Um, but when Jesus made one offering for sins forever, he took his place at the right hand of God and has been waiting there from that time till all who are against him are made a footrest for his feet. Because by one offering, he has made complete forever those who are made holy. Some of your translations say, for by a single sacrifice, he has forever made perfect those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit is a witness for us. For after he had said, this is the agreement which I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, writing them in their minds, he said. And I will keep no more memory of their sins and of their evil doings. Now, where there's forgiveness of these, there is no more offering for sin. I'm going to stop at that last one, actually, and then Jesse's going Jesse's to cover the rest from there. We, we could keep reading the entire book. It's so good. Who just tracked along with that? That was a lot. Yeah? Sweet. Holy, holy, holy. I want to summarize this, and I feel like, I just feel like, yeah, we're going to get to worship tonight. Um, there's, this is the reason why we worship. This is the reason why we gather. In the book of Hebrews, it actually talks about the reason why we gather. It says, it says uh, uh, come together often. It says, exhort one another daily, so long as it is called today, so that no one is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So there's actually, there's a secret place with God where we cultivate our own personal relationship with Jesus, where we just see him face to face and our relationship, our intimacy with him is dependent on no person, no thing, no man, it's just him. And then there's the corporate blessing where we get to come together in a temple. We're all made up of living stones that make up one temple. And when we get to come together, we get to stir one another up. We get to look at the truth together and go, oh, this is why I'm in the game. This is what's going on. 
This is why I'm alive. We're in, we're in this world, and you have Christ himself living inside the believer. If you know Jesus, you have Jesus himself living inside of you. The devil got kicked out the moment you said yes to him. And now what's going on is we're still living in this, almost this incompleteness of what's going on. He's, he's made a perfect covenant for us. There's so many scriptures I could have backed up on, guys. Should I? Lord Jesus. My heart, my heart tonight as I share any of these things is that this gospel becomes, even as maybe you're just, you're, so many of you are going to hear so many different things than what I'm saying, and that's okay. Just take whatever the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit himself is teaching you tonight. But my heart is that this gospel becomes so real. Will, and I'm, I'm all about inviting people to church and partying together and worshiping together. But my heart is that this gospel becomes so real, you know you, you, it, it flows out of you versus saying, hey, come to church for the pastor to tell you about the gospel. Does that make sense? When you come out of a movie you really love and it affects you, it's really easy to talk about it. It's really easy for it to come out of you. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. It just, it, you just go, oh my gosh, here's why people need to see that movie. This is what it did to me. And that's what happens when the gospel becomes real to you is it, it's just like, let me tell you about a man who saved my life and forgave me of all I've ever done. Whoa. Christians, this is, yeah, this is good. I have a lot of scriptures in my head. Help me, Lord. In James, it says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Uh, so what I'm about to say is not to belittle what people are going through. We all have our own load of what's happening in life, and it's all real, and it's, some of us are going through really real storms, and it's wild. Meanwhile, we have this ancient text that says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Various kinds. That could can, that can be a lot of different things going on. And yet it says, count it all joy. How is that even possible? It's because of everything we just read. A way has been made for God himself to dwell inside of you. A way has been made to where you don't need to perform all of these old sacrifices that the Jewish people used, they used to have to do. Some of them still believe you have to do it. But Jesus himself, where it says, where it says like they had to do everything repeatedly, he did it once. Where it says they did things for the temporary, it says he did it forever. Where it said what was like where they had to accomplish things on earth, it says he accomplished it in heaven. Where it says that it was blood of bulls and goats, it says it was Jesus' blood. There's got to come a point in our lives where we continue to take really seriously more than what's going on around us. There comes a point in life where we have to take really seriously the blood that he spilled for us and go, that really happened. Wake up every day, that really happened. Wait, no, that really happened. This is, a, this is discipleship. This is how we grow in this thing. The Bible says grow in the grace and knowledge of God. So there's room for growth. There's grace for growth. And this is an encouragement to you people as you read this too. You people, your family. We're all in this together. I didn't mean that in any kind of like demeaning way. You people. <laughs> I'm passionate about this. I get happy and I'm not against anybody in this room. You guys are amazing. Um, I just get a little fired up, a little zealous I guess. Because um, this thing changed my life. 
I'll get really personal in a second. Um, but, uh, you know, shame, guilt, condemnation will never grow you in the kingdom. It's, that, it's the kindness of God that leads you to change. And, of course, this goes without saying. The Bible says in Romans, it says, behold the kindness and severity of God. We're talking about this at Young Adults Tuesday nights. Come hang out if you're a young adult. It's been fun. We've been just unpacking the gospel and the truths in it. It's been beautiful. But, um, yes, there comes a point where it's like, and this is so rare. I have yet to encounter this situation. But, yes, it can come. This is just for teaching's sake. Holy moly. Was I the only one that saw that? That's crazy. I'm getting happy up here. Spilling water on my phone. Um. I just saw that. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, of course, the Bible says, behold the kindness and severity of God. And there's a place, you know, where if somebody is, this is like what the context of Hebrews, this is who he's speaking to. He's speaking to a group of people that right when they first believed, this is in the rest of the book too. Oh, there's so much to say, but it's okay. The audience of people he's speaking to, the author of Hebrews, is a group of people that when they believe the gospel, Thank you. Thank you, Micah. Um, I love working with people that are literally, their life is a message and they're just servants and loving people. Jesse, Penny, Micah, the whole crew, they're legit. This is one tiny example. Thank you. <laughs> um, the audience of Hebrews and who he's talking to is a group of believers that they believe the gospel, they got super fired up. And they got persecuted like crazy. It says that their, their possessions and their belongings were being plundered. And it says they were happy about it if it was for the sake of the gospel. Then it, it comes to a point in time where the persecution and the adrenaline of it all starts to kind of die down a little bit. And things start to just become normal day, everyday life type stuff. And, and now he's needing to remind this audience. He's needing to remind them, guys, guys, guys. Like, remember how fired up you used to be, like, and how you were, you enjoyed the plundering of your property if it was for the sake of the gospel? He says, let's not drift away from the goodness of this message. Let's not forget how precious the blood of Jesus is. Let's not get so, you know, oversaturated in church culture that we forget the goodness of this gospel. You know what I'm saying? Every day it becomes real to us. So this is who he's talking to. And he's encouraging them, and he's, he's going into so much rigorous detail on the beauty of the sacrifice of Jesus. He's saying, dude, they had to do this every year. There was a reminder of sins, uh, bulls and goats. They had to go through all this protocol, and this is how the tent was made. All these items were here, and they had to do it like this. And then it's like the new covenant is so simple, kids can get it. It's just like, boom, Jesus, it's done. It's done. Don't worry about it. Just come in. Believe on him and you will be saved. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Wow. Simple, simple. And this is who he's talking to. He's saying, let's not, let's not just let this message get just drowned out by everyday life and the pursuits of this world. Let this become the all-encompassing news that overtakes the way we think, the way we process yeah? Oh, this is good. 
This, and the reason I get happy and really passionate about this, this changed my life, this gospel, this good news. And there's so many in here that can say the exact same thing. For me, oh my goodness gracious. And, you know, are we all still growing in this thing? 100%. And there's still, there's still a calling to grow into the full stature of Christ. And I'm excited we get to do this thing together. Um, whoo. The biggest point in this thing that I feel like the author of Hebrews is trying to drive home is you can't fit the blood of Jesus into an old system. You can't live in two covenants at once. You can't live by your own righteousness yet declare that you are the righteousness of God. Woo! You can't keep a record of wrongs against yourself if Jesus isn't doing that to you. I had one friend... Holy Spirit, help us, God. This changed my life. I had one friend, he's the sweetest guy ever, loves Jesus, and, and he was a little alarmed at these things as we unpacked the good news. Gospel, by the way, in Greek means good news. Um, and he was a little alarmed. He's like, Jimmy, don't you think this promotes denial, what you're saying? Denial of what people are going through. And, and I said, you know, for some, they can... They can define grace in such a way that it, sure, they want to sweep things under a rug, but the biblical grace I read about cleans you of it. It's not a sweep under the rug, it's a cleansing. And then it's a renewal of mind to catch up with God's perspective of ourselves. And that renewal of mind isn't just this internal ethereal thing, it's actually a reality that causes change outwardly. The biggest difference between the old covenant and the new, see, the old covenant was on the out, it was a list of rules on the outside. But we, all people, we're, we're, we're flesh. We're, we need to be born of the Spirit. And so he makes a new covenant and he says, I'm going to put this inside. And you're no longer going to have to try to be a good Christian boy or girl. You're going to receive my very own spirit, my very own life, my life-giving spirit. And your new normal, your new natural is to now obey me, to pursue me, to come after me. Whoo! That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Oh, so I had a friend and he said, Jimmy, it's a bit alarming, you know, like, like don't you think this promotes denial? And I was saying, you know, by no means, man, by no means. I, I, I did not, when I was addicted, oh, can I say this? Yeah. Any kids in the room? Uh, yeah. When I was addicted to bad stuff online, I'll say it that way, for, for 12 years of my life, the last four of those years, I was a Christian that desperately wanted to be free, sitting, sitting in rooms like this where I'm being told, well, you're never really going to be free, but yeah, try to be if you can. And, and then having this dual thing happening all the time in my mindset of like, I want to be free, but I guess I can't be because once a sinner, always a sinner. But then I read this gospel and he's saying, I'm, I'm made perfect by one sacrifice. What, what's going on? Like, he's made a way for me to be, it says that I'm made holy. Like, what's going on here? This was my own personal conundrum. And what happened was I, when, I, when this gospel, God started to, it was always there in front of my face, always. But when the scriptures, as I began to pursue God, you know the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth? If you're really just pursuing Jesus, like, he's going to lead you into all truth. There's nothing to worry, there's nothing to be afraid about. 
If you're really going after him, his spirit's going to lead you into all truth. And I'm not even saying, by the way, it's got to take you as long as it took me. It took me a minute. I know friends that this stuff clicked in a night and they're changed. Hallelujah. It took me a minute. But that doesn't have to be the norm. We don't have to look amongst ourselves and compare ourselves amongst ourselves and say, well, that person's not really free yet, so I think I'm good. Or, oh, that person's really free over there. Man, I don't think I'll ever be that free. Like, we don't need to think that way. We just think Jesus. He's at the center. It's him. It's him. It's him. It's him. And he's the standard. So, so when I begin to continue to pursue Jesus, and then I'm just in the Bible, and I'm reading, and, and uh, you know, I was like, I started reading these scriptures in here, like right in here in Hebrews, what we just read. And then I'm reading other scriptures, like in Galatians, it says, walk by the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And I said, wait, that's like heresy in some places I've heard. Like, this teaching, like, what? You can actually live free from those desires? Really? There's a supernatural way to do that? And just, God just began to unpack the beauty of the gospel. And he began to show me, like, Jimmy, like, you're under a new covenant. And, and you're, you're no longer, in Romans, it says that sin shall not have dominion over you. Because you're not under the law, you're under grace. You're under a brand new way of doing things. So again, what the author of Hebrews is trying to drive home here is like, you can't live under both at the same time. You can't keep a record of your wrongs and think that you need to make certain sacrifices to God or, or, earn, your, or earn God's forgiveness in any way other than just understanding like, no, 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 I, I'm brought, I'm been made a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You know, it says that he perfects the conscience of the worshiper. Did you guys read that in some of your translations if you were looking at your book? I, it didn't really say that much in that translation, but um, it did in one way. But um, he, he perfects the conscience of the worshiper. Oh, Holy Spirit, I feel like he's telling me I need to say this again. Shame, guilt, condemnation will never grow you in the kingdom. It's the kindness of God and his grace that will lead your life to change. And this was a big deal for me. Like I was coming back here right now. I was addicted for all those years to that stuff. And as soon as God began to teach me about his grace, I started to realize, oh my gosh, I'm trying to become something I already am. And if I let it just go, if I let it just become the ultimate reality in my heart, I believe I will see the fruit unto holiness, is what Romans says. The Bible says, don't present yourself to God as an instrument or a slave to sin, but present yourself to God as instruments of righteousness, and you'll see the fruit unto holiness. Ah, oh, it's like, oh, kind of a summary translation. But read this Bible. That's another thing to take away from this. <laughs> read this Bible. Don't just let the, you know... Staff people do it. Like, read it. Get to know Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. You are a new creation. The biggest, the biggest thing, like, like 1 Corinthians 13 says that love keeps no record of wrongs. Another translation I read, it was beautiful. It said love doesn't keep score. It keeps no score of wrongs. And I didn't, when I was talking to my buddy who said, Jimmy, doesn't this promote denial? I said, bro, I, I didn't find something to, to make me okay with less than what God paid for me to experience. Like, I found 
an open door of liberty that I always dreamt of, always desired. For example, I'll bring it over here. Uh, Madeline and I, my beautiful wife, I don't know where she is, my beautiful little boy. Yeah, you hear shouting little baby boy. I mean, that's probably Ira. He's eight months old. But um, here's another fun example. You know, when we were dating, I came out of relationships where they, you know, first there was a non-Christian relationship I was in, and I wasn't a believer at the time. And, and uh, you know, there was, no, uh, there was no purity. Just put it that simple. There's no purity in it, no physical purity. Uh, no boundaries or any, anything. And then I became a Christian. And like I said, my first, first like baby years of being a Christian, I was, I was never introduced to the simplicity of this message in clarity of, no, like if you walk by the Spirit, not under the law, not trying to be a good Christian boy, but if you just enjoy being God's son and you let his Spirit live through you, you set your mind on him and he'll begin to live through you, like, you won't, you won't be bound to those things. And so I didn't understand that at the time, so I'm in this Christian relationship, and there was really, uh, there was still bondage in that for me, too. I, I didn't know how to set up boundaries or anything like that. And so, and then later on, you know, I, I, I'm reading these scriptures like this one, and grace is becoming so real to me. The freedom that Jesus paid for, this new covenant that we live in, became so real to me that I was like, oh, my gosh, it's all clicking. It all makes sense. And then Madeline and I start dating, and, and then uh, I, just, I just made this, you know, just heart thing in my heart. I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm not the next person I date. Like, I will only even, like, I'll only kiss if, like, we're at the altar. And, and I wouldn't be able to do that, like, the way God wanted me to if I was still under this, like, law mindset. I, if I was still under this mindset of, like, trying to be good enough, like, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have worked out. But, but uh, for me, and when I talk about this purity stuff, I feel like this, this literally, this is just an example of how Holy Spirit enables us to walk in the freedom that Jesus paid for us in every area of our life and in our hearts. Um, so I'm just painting these examples, but you can apply them to your own lives how you wish. But... Um, so, so, you know, I told Madeline that as on our third date, and I said, I said, hey, you know, I was actually, okay, I was, we were on a third date, I'm taking her home, and I'm like literally crying, it's like 11 at night, and I'm crying in the driver's seat, because I'm in this encounter with God in the driver's seat, because at that time of night, at that time of night, taking her home, like, if it were in the past, like, I would have been trying to find ways to make moves and different things, but all of a sudden, I feel the fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control, and I, it's like I feel the, just the presence of God so strong in the room, removing any desire to even go there. And I'm like weeping. I'm like, I've never experienced freedom like this, you know. And then Madeline's like, are you okay? What's going on over there? <laughs> so then, so then I, ex I explain to her what's going on. And then I tell her, I'm like, yeah, you know, because of this, like because of this, this intimacy I've experienced with God, like, and I don't want anything to get in the way of that, you know, or, or, my, or anything to get in the way of my conscience and just connection with him. Like, I, I don't even want to, like, kiss you unless, unless we're at the altar, you know. And so, and then that kind of spooked her out because she'd never heard about that before. And then I had, I, I, had, um, I had, like, amazing, awesome, fiery friends of God that actually thought I was making a more religious, legalistic uh, approach and, and I, I just encouraged them. I didn't get defensive. I just encouraged them. I was just like, honestly, this is purely motivated by just the romance I'm experiencing with God. 
and I don't want anything to get in the way of that, and that's what I'm going after. He's fulfilled my life. I'm not looking for fulfillment in anything or anyone else anymore. Like, this is, it's him. Like, this is what he does. This is the price he's paid. And I want, I want to make this really clear, like, uh, yeah, I simply walking away from all this. By the way, sorry, rewind. I did, I did finally, like, experience freedom from the cycles of habitual addiction by grace, and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't boast in anything. I couldn't be like, dude, it's because I, I solved it. I solved the, you know, the something step thing and I figured it out and you guys need to follow me and subscribe to my thing and I'll teach you how to. Do. It, was, it, was not, it was not like that. It was like, it was like no, the, the more I drew near to God because of the blood of Jesus, dude, I used to think I couldn't access God except like through certain pastors and teachings. Like, I used to think I needed to, like, be glued to the next, like, amazing Christian author release and then be like, oh, my gosh, this is, yes, a new level of access to God. But it's like, then you read scriptures where First John, he says, you have the anointing that teaches you all things. And he's like, and then all of a sudden, like, God was just, Jimmy, he was like, Jimmy, 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 we're one now. We're one. You keep trying to, do stuff to be made one. We're one. And then he brings me back to these scriptures. He's like, and here's why. Because the blood of Jesus. Because this new covenant. Oh. You guys are going to do great. Yes. Can we get the worship team up here? I was saying, you guys are going to do great covering everything. There's so much meat in those scriptures we read. My heart's having a party. But this is what the body's for is that we get to get around each other, read the Bible together, pray, pray for each other. <laughs> not just like, not just do Sunday to Sunday or Saturday to Saturday in this case, but like, but like go after this thing. Man, it'll change you. It'll change you. The old covenant was on the outside. The new covenant is on the inside. He makes it possible on the inside. And what, is it by anything you have done? No. Is it by anything you haven't done? No. It's, it's by the grace of God and through believing on his son. You get to begin to experience an intimacy with God. Man, he's real. And some of us need to learn how to hang out with this invisible dude, Jesus. Because he's real. I heard one pastor say, I love it, this quote stuck in my mind. It's like, either when we, you know, Jesus talks about in the book of Matthew, he says, when you go into the room, uh, when you go to pray, don't just pray to be seen by other people so that, you know, people just think you're super spiritual and righteous. He says, but go into your room, shut the door, and, and, and seek him in secret. It says, pray to your father in secret. It says, and he who sees in secret will reward you openly. And I, I heard one pastor say, he says, you know, either God is real when we go into that room or, or Christians need to find a hobby, you know, and do something. Like, like he's really real. He's really, really real. So that's my prayer that even as we engage in worship, I just see God. God is walking around this room and that weight you've been carrying of the accusations of the enemy that is on your shoulders is falling off of you tonight in Jesus' name. You know, the angel likes to masquerade as an, or sorry, angel. The devil, Satan, likes to masquerade as an angel of light. And sometimes... 
He won't just come to you telling you like, you know, like do this bad thing or, you know, do this bad thing. Sometimes he'll come to you and say, he'll say really good things. And he can say like, he can say like, uh, hey, you should, try, you should try a lot harder to do this thing. You should try better. You should be better. You should, why are you, why aren't you just being better? You should be a better person. Why aren't you just, come on, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Come on. How could you have done that the other week? That sin or thing, like how could you have done that? What's wrong with you? That's not God. <laughs> and some, some people, some of us, we need to, we need to grab onto this grace that transforms and receive, receive the once for all sacrifice. Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You come to God, and if you got stuff and you know, oh man, yeah, I just got stuff. Like, you come to God and he's open arms. He is just open arms, ready, ready and quick to forgive. He's, he's just, he loves us. He loves us. And he's not, he's not looking at, he's not looking at your past like we just read He remembers your sins no more. He's looking at who he's made you in Christ. I've talked too much. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, help us, God, for this good news. Help us to, I pray tonight was just like even a little nugget that makes us hungry for more. Lead us, Holy Spirit, in your truth. Lead us, Holy Spirit, on our own personal times. I pray, God, that people would have encounters encounters being taught by you in their rooms, in their cars, in the daily silence of places, God, that we would um, be okay with just turning down everything else to turn up what you've said and to make the biggest deal out of what you've done for us. I pray for those who just, who maybe you feel like you're in that place of like, um, Maybe you feel like you're in a place of like, I've heard this before, I've heard this before, I've heard this before. I just pray for you right now that it actually clicks on a whole new level for you, that it applies to you. Jesus, God, we thank you that this is the reason we worship, that you have made a way. You have made a way that you're not a distant God in the clouds. You've come and you became a man and you dwelt among us because you didn't want us just going into temples made by human hands. You wanted to dwell inside us, the temple made with your hands. You wanted to dwell inside of us. It's your delight to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Can we just uh, stand up and put your hands out like you're receiving a gift? The Bible calls it the free gift. And maybe if there's one person you don't know Jesus, wow. If you don't know Jesus, he's so real. He loves you so much. Any one of us would be delighted to pray for you. Woo. Jesus, we thank you. So God, with our our hands open right now, we just receive the free gift of your love. We acknowledge, God, that all have, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by your grace. That you've made a way to completely cleanse us 
of all the wrongdoing, every way we fell short, you have made a way by your blood for us to be completely clean. God, help us to see what you see, God. Help us to see how you see. Woo, we just come before you right now, Jesus.